Triple M footy lives on listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Ream Hot Water. So many great moments. Oh, here we go. So many thrills. Oh, hang on. So many spills. And we're underway. Triple M is proud to present... MG's Rugby League Rundown. Here it is, grand final week on MG's Rugby League Rundown. The Panthers, the Mountain Men, going for a three-peat, taking on the Brisbane Broncos, led by a man who, when he retired as a player, said, my dream is to coach the Brisbane Broncos. Kevy Walters, MG, what a weekend we have ahead of us. What a weekend. Uh, the two heavyweights of the competition all season um, for the first time since 1966. The teams that played the first game of the season will be playing the last game of the season. So, uh, um, <laughs> What a stat! I thought, I thought I'd start with a massive stat. Um, that's thanks to the uh, random stat guy on Twitter, uh, Instagram. 1966 the was the last time this happened. It was oh. indeed. And all, all throughout the season, I think we've kind of wanted this moment to happen. Um, ever since I know Penrith have wanted it, ever since that 13-12 victory in, in the first round on that Thursday night. But the Broncos have held their end of the bargain. Um, they have produced some outstanding footy. Um, they they trot a bit of water mid mid year um, around Origin time, but they found their they found their feet. And now, as you look through their team, you don't see many weaknesses um, like the team they're playing. Obviously, it's their fourth grand final in a row, so they're going to come ready. They're going to come with all the experience, and uh, th- this week to them will be a lot more comfortable than it will be the Broncos. But the Broncos have got that youthful ex- exuberance that I'd be a little bit wary of. This is, I mean, to borrow a phrase or to um, appropriate a phrase from Basil Zemplis when he called home Ariane Titmus in the 400 metres at the Olympics, <laughs> to become a legend, you have to beat a legend. And if That's the Broncos, right. it's like boxing. You want to become the champ, you've got to beat the champ. You've got to take that belt. And I imagine if the Bron- if you ask the Broncos, if you ask Adam Reynolds, if you ask Kevin Walters, if you ask this team, they don't want to, They wouldn't want anyone accusing their premier, uh, premiership of having an asterisk because they'd never beat Penrith on the way. That they want to beat this team um, so that they can stand atop the mountain and, and proclaim themselves the champions of of the NRL. We are going to get to that MG's painted paper test, which for those that missed it last week went two for two in the prelims. It's the definitive way to pick winners in rugby league. We are going to be doing the full paper test quickly though. Dally M's last night. Kalen Ponga, the Dally M medalist. What'd you think? I, I thought it would happen. Um, I said it on our brekkie show the day before. I thought that um, I thought he'd come in with a wet sail. Um, if you look at the way that the Newcastle Knights played in that last nine or ten rounds, and you know they won what ten in a row, wasn't it? Um, mm, yes. Kay Ponga was a big part of that, and I suppose the only thing you had to think about was other players, i.e., you know, um, Dom Young or, or Best or. Um, you know, someone maybe a forward, maybe taking some points off him, but Ponga um, come home, and I suppose if mm. Sean Johnson played that last game, which he couldn't have because he had a calf injury, um, he yeah. would have won it comfortably. I, I thought Sean Johnson would have won it, but I, I knew that uh, Ponga would have been the danger man. Yeah, well, and to make Upton as well to the Newcastle Knights, they're not going to. Uh, they didn't. They got knocked out in the men's. They're obviously playing in the grand final on Sunday in the women's. But uh, to deliver both Daly and medalists, what a what a what a nice um, you know reward for that club. Well, and and he uh, yeah, Tamika Rupkin, well done. She's a fantastic player. I love watching her play. I love watching the girls' game. Full stop. Mm. Um, but he does he, he enters some uh, rare air because uh, he's a third night player um, after Joey Johns and Baderas. John, Joey won it in ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand and two, and Bedsy won it in two thousand and four. So KP Kalen Ka- Ponga becomes the third 
Newcastle Knights to uh, get the big gong and uh, thoroughly, thoroughly deserved uh, Liam, especially where he came from at the start of this season where mm. he was playing footy and we all biting our nails every time he touched the ball and every time he'd go into a tackle, we'd think, oh, no, no, no please don't end in this way. And it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a stuff movies are made of. And a lot of people ask, who is the highest paid rugby league player in the game? Well, he is. And mm. we've seen last night why. Yeah, I think Reese Walsh will go past him in the not too distant future. But I think you're the the quote I, I just was, on this on that. Just worry on that. Just the, yeah. I, I think that's the reason Ponga has gone to the next level. I, I think he can, I think he can thank Reese Walsh for his sublime fo- uh, footy in the last three months because I think since Origin in particular, when Reese Walsh Reese Walsh starred, I think Kaelin Ponga has watched that and think, oh my goodness, I thought I was a lay down there for this number one spot, but now I've got competition and and. Competition breeds, you know, um, stuff that you can't really find inside your body sometimes. And I think Kalen Ponga found an extra leg. It, some of the footy he played in that in that ten uh, ten game winning streak was out of this world. Um, I uh, Tommy Turbo springs straight to mind a few years back when he, yeah. he went on that tear. But Kalen Ponga's footy in that last couple of months was mm. outstanding. It was like Benny Barber in his uh, yeah. Delium year Dale, as well. Yeah. So you, I love that. You're saying that Kalen's got a Reese Walsh size boot print on his ass. I think so. I, I think love so. It. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, um, speaking of the Dallium team of the year, I just wanted to uh, commend you, MG. Your prediction, your predicted team last week that you offered up, you mm. only missed three. Yep. You had uh, Reese Walsh at, at Dallium fullback of the year. Kalen Ponger obviously took that out. Uh, you had Bradman Best. They went for Herbie Farnworth. And you had um, Ola Kowatu and they went for David Fafita. Yep. Everything and, uh, else you got spot on. Yeah, I, I, I think I went, you know, he's, uh, Isaiah yeah, was captain too and Reynolds got that. So, oh, um, right. But yeah, look, I think, I thought, look, it was a great night. It was a, it's, mm. a, it's a really good night, the Dally M's. Ever since we've been back out of COVID, I think the game um, has just skyrocketed um, through the roof. Attendances, uh, viewership on Everyone's all Everyone's enjoying their football. Everyone's enjoying. Everyone's loving it, and it's a sold-out grand final. Who could, you know, we couldn't ask for a better result, especially with uh, the first time I think since I don't know, two thousand and maybe uh, five or six, where the last time the New South Wales and Queensland team have met. So yeah, really. Well, so it's um, it's it's mouthwatering. Yeah, I love that you've gone. You've nailed the stat from nineteen sixty-six, but you can't get the one in the early two thousands. Oh five, oh five. It was. Okay. You had it written down. Nice work. Um. Let's talk. We're going to get straight into the grand finals. We're not going to mess around. Quickly, we should give a shout out Andrew Webster, deserving Dally M Coach of the Year. I think yep. you could argue Ivan, you could argue Kevy, but no one's arguing that Andrew Webster isn't worthy of the job he's done with the uh, New Zealand Warriors. So we're not going to go backwards. We're not going to look at the prelims. We are all about looking forward. Let's look to grand final day. Let's start with this NRLW grand final because, as you mentioned, the women's product continues to go from strength to strength. You talk about everyone enjoying their football. I think it feels to me this is the year. I think everyone's sort of rugby league fans have always sort of enjoyed the women's state of origin. I think it's yeah. it's always been something that everybody's been able to get behind. I don't know if everybody always enjoyed the women's product NRL, the regular season, the NRLW, but I feel like this year, because of the improved standard, because of the improved conditions for the players, and because of the longer season and more teams, I feel like your your average rugby league fan is now invested in this women's game as well. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. I think it was kind of a gimmick to play three or four games, then play finals, and then play, you know, then have a Dalian medal at the end of the yeah. year. It was kind of, well, come on. We're going to get fair income. Give the girls some more, 
more clubs, and if we've got to ten at the minute. I think that's that's the the magic number. Mm. I don't think we should expand on that for a couple of seasons, but I think we saw towards the end of it the a couple of blowouts in the game, um, in the competition. The, um, the Titans, I think, or, or the Cowboys had a record, or Sharkies. Sharkies beat someone mm. by fifty points, and um, we don't want to see that. So I think that before we can expand, we've got to grow within, and I think that they're at a perfect number. Um, Obviously, my brother, Matt, is the assistant coach of the Titans, so I've got a little bit of a vested interest in <laughs> them. Uh, for them to beat the uh, Roosters, the the favourites for the competition last week, yes. and to hold them to nil points. Um, but this Knights team, um, man, they can score off anywhere. I think, I think they've won eight in a row as well, similar to their to their men's team who went on a mm. tear. I think the, the, the ladies' team are doing the same, If and I can be corrected if uh, I know Owen's uh, our producer's He'll do Close some by. If you can, if you can tell me exactly how many games in a row the uh, the Newcastle girls team have been on, that'd be much help. But yeah, look, I, I love it. It's um, it's it's they're they're doing stuff. I, I loved it when I first started watching it for the for the unaffectedness of it. There was no wrestle. Yep. Um. The the passes were were, were pure. They were. They were but now the kicking game has got into the game. Now they're kicking goals from the sideline. Now their kicks in general play are going an extra 20 or 30 metres. Now they're starting, because of the fact they're starting to do a lot more work off the field, it's, it's helping. So it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a great to watch. I can't, I'll be watching this on Sunday and I'll be, I'll, I'll, be hoping that, uh, I'll be hoping that the Titans have a victory. Oh, Eight-game winning run eight in for a row. the Newcastle you, Knights. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Owen. Thanks, Producer Owen. He's just Thanks. confirmed that for us. Eight-game yep. winning run they've been on, um, only suffering the one loss for the entire season. That came in round two when they went down to the Cowboys. So it, yeah. it, they're the dominant team, and, and they take on a Gold Coast Titans team, which won the wooden spoon last year. Yeah. And this is what I was talking about, the idea of improved conditions for these players because they've had a longer preseason. I had a chat with um, Noddy, Brett Kamali, who's in charge of the West Tigers women's team, and he talked about you know, the, the preseason for these, team, these teams used to be four weeks, yeah. if that. Now I think it's around eight weeks. So they've doubled the amount of time that the coaches, obviously there's conditioning and skills are a part of it, but increasing the amount of time that the coaches get to work with these players on their systems and their um, and their sets and, and all the rest of that, it's you can see we're benefiting from it. And the more and more we can get these athletes to being full-time professionals as, as opposed to part-time professionals, which most of them are, yeah. We're just going to reap the benefits from it. Well, uh, they are. They're, they're, as their as physiques, their physiques are changing. Their physiques yes. are even changing. They've got the, the the delts are looking bigger. Their quads are bigger. They're more like a rugby league player should look. And mm. they've got their own podcast now. The girls, they're they're making the the, the, the NRLW uh, footy show. I love watching. It's 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 a breath of fresh air. And it's I an industry a, now. That is an industry, and it's, yeah. and they're and they're welcome to the welcome to the game, girls, because you're yeah. uh, you, you you're much needed in our in our competition. Uh, just quickly, the this Titans side. Uh, obviously, I'll be going for. Um, we we bleed Titans. I yeah. told everybody at the start of the year that the Titans would win the comp. I didn't say men's. I didn't say men's. I said the yeah, Titans would win the comp. Yeah, I think you meant the men's, mate. <laughs> but uh, look, the other. I mean, uh, there's so much to like about this Titans outfit. Lauren Brown, uh, who shifted to um, halfback as a, after an injury, she's a fiery on the coast, yep. um, and the queen of the drop goal. Uh, she's been elite. Uh, Shannon Marto, who's a two-time um, best player on the team, uh, awarded the other week. Riley Jorgensen, which your mate Freddie Fittler says whenever yeah. he calls one of the games, beware the pink headgear. Yeah, she, she goes hunting. She was in the running last night for the rookie of the year. She didn't get mm. it. The young Sharks player got it. But, yeah, she's a cult hero. She's a cult yeah. hero because of that her, uh, pink headgear. And 
there's there's stories all across it, and that's why it's such a good uh, competition to watch because yep. it's um, you know, they've got their place, they've got their place now, and and there's yep. no looking back. There's no looking back. Well, we're both tipping a Titans win. Let's yes. move on to the Broncos, Pat. Now, at this point, the Titans uh, Knights finally scheduled to go off just before four, but obviously with the weather, Graham Addersley has Graham Addersley has said there could be some movement of the kick time of the start time um, to account for the weather. Let's move on to. The main meal. Panthers, Broncos, it's what we've all been waiting to see. The best two teams in the comp. You set it up at the top of the pot, MG. How are you feeling as a, as a former Panthers Premiership player, a great of the club? How do you feel that your club is on the cusp of a three-peat? Oh, it's immense pride, I think. I think it's immense pride because I never thought that I'd, I'd see the day, to be honest. I never thought I'd see the day that a team for Penrith w- would be you know, trying to do, try, trying to emulate exactly what Parramatta did back in the early 80s because they were such a massive team. I remember growing up, I was, you know, around 13, 14, 15 when they won them three grand finals in a row and they were they were bigger than Ben Hur. Um, they to do that was kind of they were the they were the biggest team before uh, or since the Dragons who we won that 11 comps and obviously things change, you know, things change but the, to to do it. Um, Parramatta back then didn't have any salary cap either by the way and it was a lot easier to keep a great team together where Penrith have systematically lost players ever since they've been in the grand final against the Storm in 2020. And uh, Capewell and Burton were the first two to go. And then we got Kikau and Coruscant, uh last year. Then the coaches with Serraldo and Webster. And next year, Lenu and uh, Stephen Crichton go. So to do that and to perform the way they have been for such an extended amount of time over four years. There's a stat today. I've got uh, Tony Soprano sent me something today on um, Stephen Crichton, who plays his 100th game on this Sunday. Mm. He's played, in his 100th game, he, de- he debuted in uh, 2019 where he played four games, but in his 100th game, which he'll be playing on Sunday, he has, he's only lost 15 games in his career. <laughs> a winning percentage of 84%. Now, that's oh, that's going to change next year when he goes to the Bulldogs, obviously, but uh, <laughs> nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But that's phenomenal. That's That's kind of where we're at as a club. That's... This, um, I think what happens is the, the guys who come into the first grade arena, or a la the, even Lugana played first grade before and Sorensen's played first grade before, but when they come to a club like Penrith who's, who's so set in their ways and so disciplined about the way they want to do things, they don't feel uncomfortable when they've got to step in the void. And and look, look can I be very honest? Once mm. Kikau and Coruscant, the two of the – Coruscant was the best dummy half in the cop last year. Kikau was the best edge attacking player in the game. Once they left, I thought, well, that's going to be a couple. That's going to be a couple of years until we fill that void. But all of a sudden, Sorensen fills that void. Um, you got young Hoskins who came into the side, and I, look, I feel sorry for Hoskins because he's played twenty-one games this season and, and won't find himself in the seventeen. So I feel a little bit disappointed for him. But that's the way the cookie crumbles when you're in a in a you know you're in a rotation like the Penrith Panthers mm. is. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm immensely proud because um, you know Nathan Cleary and Ivan Cleary is a you know there's a couple of good storylines in this with Billy Walters and, and Kevy Walters, um, you know, obviously Martin Lang and, and Johnny Lang when we won 2003. So when I won, when we won the copy in 1991, I did not think that this, t- I didn't think any team from Penrith could win three in a row. Like <laughs> it's so, so hard a task, but the fact that they're close to it, um, man, it's a, it's just a phenomenal effort in today's game, Liam. And if you think about this, obviously the last time this was done was back in the early eighties with Parramatta. And you think about the place in rugby league history that 
that those teams hold, and, and some of the individuals as well. You, you, I mean, the way we talk about Eric Growth and the way we talk about Brett Kenny and Ray Price and Sterling, the way we talk about those players now, 40 years on, yep. that's, that's how these Panther players will be spoken about. That's how, that's how we are going to remember Nathan Cleary and Isaiah Yeo and James Fisher-Harris and Dylan Edwards we, we are, and Jerome Luai. We're going to be talking about it, – it's, it's funny and it's a, it's a bit of a brain trick to think about. Yeah. The 25-year-old Nathan Cleary, in 40 years' time, people will be looking back and talking about him in that in those in those um you know alongside the way same way we talk about Peter Sterling. Oh look, I think I think that with his tra- uh, trajectory, if we're if he keeps at twenty five, he keeps the ascendancy that he's doing. He's going to be the best of all time. On, on the current on his current trajectory, the way he's going, he's going to be the best player that we've ever seen. Um, I, I, but he, he he reinvents himself every year. He comes, he gets an injury. He doesn't. He, he's, he's playing now with ice in his veins, which. Um, only the rare players play with it. He, he, mm. Even Joey and, and Thurston would, would get rattled at some stages of their of their game of their career. Um, I don't see, I don't see that Nathan Cleary gets rattled anymore. I think mm. I think he just knows the process. I know that he's done the homework, and I, I speak to the insiders at Penrith who say that I've never seen a bloke like him as far as crossing the T's and dotting the I's. He he gets he's there he's there before everyone an hour before yeah. training and he's there an hour after training after everyone's gone home so yeah. um, and that's how kind of we we as a club learnt to be a little bit more professional back in the late eighties because Ron Willie come to the club and he bought Peter Kelly Chris Mortimer from the Bulldogs who had success they'd won a couple of grand finals they were at the end of their career but they took like all of a sudden going to a normal training session they would have a, a bag which had their boots well, they'd walk in their joggers they'd have a bag with their boots in it in case we'd done some field. They'd have a bag with their spikes in it in case we'd done sprint training. They'd have their mouth guard. So we'd rock up the training and just the gear we had. So mm. all of a sudden, just watching these guys be professional, it rubbed off on all us young guys. And two, three years later, we won a comp. Mm. So it's about it's about setting the standards away from the footy field because the, the game of footy is supposed to be the easiest part of your week. If you're a rugby league player and you're not looking forward to that Saturday or Sunday when you're playing, you shouldn't be playing. Because all the hard work should be done before you get on the field. And that's exactly that's what Penrith that. do. Yeah. That's exactly what Penrith do. They, they yeah. make the game the easiest part of the week because they train so friggin' hard off it. And not to get ahead of myself, but if you, I mean, Parramatta got back to the grand final in 1984 going for four in a row to lose. They did. They lost to the Bulldogs 6-4, so they just missed out. Mm. And mm. if you look at this, if you look at this Panther side, if they get over the line on Sunday... <laughs> takes a brave, brave punter to think that they couldn't get back there again. Uh, just so, hold on, just going back to Nathan Cleary for a moment, I will raise this flag on behalf of other people I've had this conversation with yep. in Queensland, mind you. There's the caveat. Of course. Nath still hasn't made his mark on origin. No. He, that's no, that's the... that's the thing that holds him back. Because I agree, if you look yep. at his club career, the trajectory he's on, the sky, literal sky is the limit for Nathan yep. Cleary, but he needs to leave a mark on origin at some point in yep, the remainder I, I of agree. his career. Yep. I agree. Yeah, I think he'd be the first to say that as well. Quickly, on this team as a whole, though, we've spoken about Nathan. We've talked about some of the other players in there. You and I, a couple of years ago, did a deep dive on uh, from 2000 to 2020. We had a look back at the 20 years of yep. the NRL and the greatest teams that existed in that era. And I think we might have settled on um, a Roosters or a Storm side, one of those sides. Now, those have been the dominant sides of the two decades. But no, neither of those clubs were capable of a three-peat. Where do you think this leaves this current Panthers group in terms of 
history makers and, and of over eras of rugby league? Well, if they win on Sunday, they're the best of that era. The, no one's done three in a row, so you, the, the stats don't lie. You can take, you can look at every way you want to look at it, but if Penrith win on Sunday, they're the best team of the modern era. They're the best team since Parramatta in the 80s because no other team has won three competitions in a row, and that's the barometer at which you're judged. Um, well, you know, Melbourne won a couple back-to-back. Um, Roosters won a couple back-to-back, but no one's won three in a row, and, and there's a reason for it. I just said <laughs> what the reason was because every, every year – that grand final team is being dissected while we speak. You know, at the moment, we don't know yeah. what Jerome Luai is up to next season. Um, he's, he's, if they win the competition, you can expect $1.2, $1.3 million to come from the likes of the Dragons and the Tigers yep. and, and the Bulldogs. Um, so, there's, you know, a, again, Stephen Crichton, who has probably been the best backline player, the outside backline player in the competition this season, he's gone. Um, Spencer Lunya, the best up-and-coming young front rower in the game, he's gone. So gone. they've got to now fill that void. And that's, that's been, so Matt Cameron, I think, at Penrith, who a lot of people don't really know who he is, he works behind the scenes. And um, he has done a friggin' tremendous job in not just uh, working with Ivan on who they want and who they want to keep, but maintaining a, an open vocabulary with the players whose contracts are up. They know that they're part of the family. They know they don't want to lose them. So they know that whichever way they turn, they've got the full blessing of the Panthers. And I think that's a really good thing to have in the back of your mind when you're trying to negotiate your future as a rugby league player. If you know you've got the total blessing of the club that you just played for and you're never going to have any regrets and you're never going to have any backlash from that club, you can go with a clear mind and a clear heart Mm. and your rugby league can can flourish. Nicely said, MG. Uh, Just quickly, what does this, what we talked about the team, we talked about some individual players. What about Ivan as a coach? Because this is a guy who probably is, has been underappreciated as a coach. I think so. Um, okay, let's, Ivan as a player was always a, a, a solid 7 out of 10. He was nothing spectacular, but he was always above average. Mm. And um, to be the first coach, I think back in 2011, he coached uh, the Warriors through yes. the grand final against Manly. Um, that's, that's 12 years ago. You know, mm. Ivan... To tell you a little bit about the man, he donated one of his kidneys to his brother uh, five years ago. So <laughs> this is a bloke who just bleeds for other people. He, he, he's a bloke who's a really good family man, um, he, and, and the players want to play for him. The, last night when Taruva got the, the Rookie of the Year award, he said, I just want to de- dedicate this to Ive. Um, Ivan is a man who is a, a mentor of men who people who he coaches love him. You know, he had, he had some drama. We all have some dramas in our life with the Tigers fiasco and on the bus yep. and get off the bus and all that type of jazz. But that, that's, that's par for course as a first-grade coach. You can't have all roses. You've got to have some thorns as well. Um, but the fact that he's flourished in the last four seasons, um, you know, the, the Storm in 20 beat him in a, in a probably a COVID-affected uh, season. 21, the whole competition was played up in Brisbane um, when they beat um, the Rabbitohs. Mm. Uh, then the, the kind of last year was the first kind of glimpse we've got as Penrith supporters to be in, on on their back tails. And um, yeah, look, it's the, the area at the moment. Um, as I sit here and do this podcast, everywhere you go, there's Penrith jerseys. On Sunday at my gym, I'm having a an open gym where I'm expecting about seventy or eighty people to turn up and have a. You're opening in the doors of MG Active. <clears throat> sure, I certainly am. <laughs> and right across the road, we've got a. At Jefferson Park, there's going to be a, uh, a massive big rally. Everyone's in their cars, and uh, they're going to do a conga line, f- you know, around Penrith. So uh, the place is jumping, and even though it's 
a lot of people might think, oh, come on, you would, you know, you must, aren't you getting sick? You'd never get sick of being in a grand final because it could be your last time you're here. So you, you make, you make the most of every opportunity you're in. The other shout out that probably needs to be given, and it might sound like we're handing Penrith the, the grand final, which we're not. We are just, we haven't, walking, we haven't spoken about Brisbane we, yet. We, we're just walking the path uh, that has led us to this grand final. But the other, other, people or person that needs to be applauded is is Brian Fletcher because when yep. the club invested as much money as they did into the father-son duo, it, it was it was it was shot down in flames because it was such an easy shot to take that yep. why a club has invested millions, millions of dollars and years of time on a, a, a young halfback who hasn't really done anything yet and a coach who's whose best result is a losing grand final. Yep. Now here we are, and the return on that investment has, oh. I mean, Brian Fletcher, if there was a CEO of the year award, he should have won it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a fantastic operator. Um, he was in charge of, of racing. Um, I know he used to be the boss at Hawkesbury Races every time I'd go out there, but Fletcher, you know, you know make sure everyone was comfortable. And he's, he's, a, he's a man's man. He's, and. Mm. That's what mountain men are. It's, we're we're cut from a different swathe. We we are mountain men because, and we love mountain women and we love mountain, <laughs> if mountain the mountain air and we just love the mountains. It's part like everyone's. Yeah. And look, just quickly on that, everyone says, "Oh, who's this? Who's this? Thirty-eight degrees on on Sunday going to favour? It's it's Penrith by mile. Really? Oh, of course, of course. Oh, like it's going to be thirty-eight on Sunday. Then it's going to be forty. Then it's going to be forty-two in Penrith. It's that's 32 in Sydney. I mean, it's always the hottest place in the world, Penrith, in summer. <laughs> it's always the coldest place in the world in winter. It's no, there's no, there's no, no contrasting. It's just straight up. It's a, it's a hard place to live at if you don't love it. Only, um, only a Penrithite would declare that this weather is going to benefit for them. Every other man, woman, child, and dog is saying that this weather will benefit the team from the Sunshine State. But you, MG, Mark Guy of the Mountains, yep. have found a way to say it's going to benefit the Panthers. Some of the training sessions that I've done over my career in 42-degree heat um, yeah. at the foot of the mountains and the humidity is worth mm. 165, and yeah. they, 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 they are ready for it. And uh, Look, there's, you, can, you can bet your bottom dollar as, far, as, as we probably – and our chat on Penrith. Yeah, yeah, we'll move they on. Will the go, they will not go in, in this game underdone. They will not go in this game with anyone who is not 100% fit, and they will not go into this grand final with any preconceived mm. ideas about the years that they've been successful. Mm, but professionalism, personified. Be, they will be. They'll be and if anything, they'll be more rampant uh, to try and equal some record books. There is there is another side in this, and Broncos fans, you've been patient, but let's rip in because this is the story. This is the neutrals team. No one, no one. We all Australia is famous for its tall poppy syndrome, and right now Penrith are the tallest of poppies, which means I think that the Brisbane Broncos will have the support of the neutrals in this grand final. Can we start with the coach, a man you know well, Kevy Walters, who declared that it was his dream after he retired as a player that he wanted to coach this club, and when he got this job, famously. Had to go and buy his own shirt. There were questions as to whether or not the board and the club actually supported his appointment and all the rest of that. And he has heart and soul taken this team that won a wooden spoon not long ago to a grand final this weekend. Um, well, Kevin is a character of the game who I have grown to love over the years of knowing him. I um, played, started playing against Kevy in 1988 when the Broncos were first born. We're, we're born the same age. Kevy's, I think, October, I'm December. Um, 
Went on the Kangaroo Tour with him and his brother, Kerrod, um, Chris Johns, Michael Hancock. So I quickly had a, a really good affinity with the Broncos players because they were very, they're very similar to Penrith. They, they, you know, back then they were kind of out of sight, out of mind. And, and of course, the Bronco brand has grown a lot since the late 80s. But Kevy's won five competitions for them. Um, so he knows exactly what to do. He knows when to do it. And he knows why to do it. He's, and he's all about passion. If you ever think that there's no more, um, if there's no room for passion in our game, just watch Kevy Walters when he's coaching, when he's talking. Every time he talks pre-match, it's like he's about to cry. He's that proud, <laughs> and the players feel that man. They, they, if I'm playing for Kevy Walters, I'm giving him, I'm giving him all I've got and then some. And I think that's what we're finally starting to see with this Broncos team. They're starting to wake up and saying, you know what, let's follow the man instead of trying to mm. get on a podcast and bag him and do this and listen to the outside noise because yeah. trust in the process. This bloke is legit, and he's proved he's legit by the way he's bounced back. This club, was it 2021, Liam? They got the yep. wooden spoon. Wooden spoon. Um, well, here they are two years later. They're in a grand final. Even last year, they only come ninth, I think. They make eight like, late last year. No, nah, they slipped. They missed the finals. <laughs> That's right, after being, yeah. So yep. it's, 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 an, it's an amazing feat. And I think, I think the writing was on the wall, in the, it, even though it was the first game of the season. The writing was on the wall when... They played the Panthers in that game. You could see straight away they were a different team. You could see they were fitter. You could see that they were doing things differently. You could see that their ball play was a little bit more, had a little bit more imagination about it. And and more so, I think they're the defense. Everyone knows that competitions win defense. And um, I don't know if I've got the best defensive team in the comp, but I think the Broncos are second. Um, mm. And that's a that's that's from where they've come in 21 to where they've come now. That's the one thing they had to work on because everyone can score tries, but it's those ones you stop that are going to help you win a comp. The Broncos fans are, are screaming at their podcast right now. We'll just say it was 2020 they won the wooden spoon. In 2021, they finished 14th. Okay. So just okay. to be, just to get that on the record. So the, Kevy the other, wasn't there then. It was Seabolt, wasn't it? Yeah, no, Kevy wasn't in charge when they won the spoon. No. Um, to move on to this playing group, Adam Reynolds on the 13th. What was it? The 13th of May, 2021. Adam Reynolds announces he is signing with the Brisbane we were Broncos. In, I was in Brisbane with you. We we're up there for the magic deal. round. Magic round. We were in Brisbane. You and me and producer Charlie at the time, and and it was it was a shock. It was a it was bombshell. A the, pan, the the bunnies thought he was too old. They didn't want to invest a long term contract into him, and the Broncos said, "We'll take him. We'll take him on good money. We'll take him for three years." It, and there were people early on in 2022 in that first season who said he might be the greatest. I think it might have been, been Gordon Tallis who said he might be the greatest recruit the Broncos have ever had. If he delivers them a premiership on Sunday, you can you can check that box. Yeah, look, and I, I, I kind of thought that myself at the time, and I still probably think it somewhat, but who's to say that, you know, if Adam Reynolds stayed at South Sydney, he wasn't in his comfort zone. You know, for him to go to the Broncos to be the alpha male, to be the most experienced bloke in the in the team, the only one who has won a grand final, because Capewell didn't. Or Capewell was there. He won a Pen, he won at Penrith. Yep. Just uh, to, to still take that plunge and that leap of faith to go to another state with a young family, and to do what he's done to basically play in a dinner suit all this season and still have <laughs> the confidence that he's got to do. His kicking game is the best in the comp. I, I, I regard it as the best long kicking game in the competition, and I think he's got um, – that's one one feather to his bow that no one can take off him. But the fact yeah. that he just exudes confidence on a rugby league field, I think we've seen it, the proof in the pudding with Ezra Mam. Um, if Ezra doesn't play outside of Adam Reynolds this year, he doesn't win the Dalian 5-8 of the year. He doesn't win mo- one of the most improved players of the year. Billy Wall is mm-hmm. a dummy half. Um, 
he's been unbelievable. I, I, mm. I didn't think Billy was this good. I'm, I'm going to be very honest here. And I, I think a lot of Broncos fans who are listening to this podcast would probably think the same thing. But the way he has come on this year is is part of the whole process of what Brisbane have done. Um, there's been no nepotism. Uh, it's He's been purely picked on form. And the form, he scored two tries in the opening half last weekend. He's, <laughs> he's a competitor. He's a real yeah. good competitor. And that's exactly what his dad was like. And he's getting married is like not long after the grand final too. He's got a busy few months coming up as Billy. Look, the pa- the paper test is on its way, but we know styles make fights, and there's been a lot of conversation about how the Broncos can win this, given what the Panthers are. They're the highest scoring team in the comp. They're also the best defensive team in the comp. Yeah. Where is, what is the path for the Broncos to win on Sunday? What is the, how do they attack this? Well, I think they've got to watch. Every team has their bogey team. I think Penrith bogey team for the last few seasons when they've been winning these competitions or getting in the grand finals have been Parramatta. Mm. Now, Parramatta doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where Parramatta are on the ladder. They always seem to give Penrith um, some trouble. And I think because yep. they play a, a, an expansive brand of footy, they don't take them on in the middle. Well, they did in the grand final, and that's the worst thing they could have done last year. <laughs> when you take Penrith on, I think when you're playing second phase footy, when you you got that Walsh sweeping around, hooking up with either Farmworth or Stags, and that's when they're that's when they're dangerous, and that's almost uh, almost unpenetrable or, or undefendable. Yep. You can't you can't defend stuff like that. But saying that, you've got to go forward before you can offload. You can't be going in with the preconceived idea to pass the ball because Penrith don't like that. If you don't bend the line and you either or a get a quick play of the ball away or b break the line, then def- offload. Penrith are going to smother you all game. They're going to smother you and smother you and smother you because they're defensive. If you watch Penrith on Sunday, and I've been watching them for the last couple of years, they're the only team in the competition that never put their hands on their knees. And that's body language. Body language is immense in this game. It's immense. And if you're bending over with your hands on your knees, that's, that player will be attacked by the Panthers. If you're a Bronco, that's, you're, you're going to be attacked by the Panthers' attack. Um, likewise, with the Penrith team, if you're a Bronco when you've got the ball, you've got, you've got to be enthusiastic. You've got to watch what Parra did in the couple of games they beat him this year. Um, the game in particular at Penrith Park at, at Bluebet Stadium when they beat them, and, and beat them convincingly. Um, mm. They were just—they wanted the game more, Parramatta. They were just up for it. Um, their dummy half um, running out of dummy half was a lot better. Uh, their marker defence was a lot better. Their pressure on Nathan Cleary was a lot better. So you combine all that, and look, I'll, I'll be honest that for the Broncos to win this game, and I think they know this. They've got to play the best game they've played this season. And, you know, whether they say about cometh the hour, cometh the man, or, or, yep. I know they've got it in them. And I think Penrith know they've got it in them too. Penrith know they've got a, 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 real, a real tussle on their hands. They know yep. that this team is probably the best team they've played um, in, their, <clears throat> in their grand final streak. That you know, Obviously, South, without um, Latrell in the first season, they, um, then they had the Parramatta team last year. Put it this way, yep. I think the Broncos of this year beat the Parramatta team of last year convincingly. So, yeah. It's it's a it's a mouthwatering encounter. I mean, honestly, I, I, I'm Penrith, and I'm going to say Penrith are going to win this game through and through. But sure. I respect the hell out of Brisbane Broncos, and and they are dangerous. I am worried. This is I this lo- is starting to make my my guts churn. I love that the, you that you've looked at this, and and I hadn't thought about it in the context of opponents that they've faced in their last two years. So I love you put that up there. All right, let's do it. Here it is: the definitive way that you can pick a winner in the game of rugby league. MG, give us the quick synopsis of how the paper test came about, please. Uh, as a young totter, I was on the 
a hill at Cumberland Oval with my dad, and I'd get the big league, get my pencil out, and I'd go down the two teams. If Penrith, if uh, Parramatta were playing South Sydney or the Dragons or Newtown, I would start at the fullbacks, and I'd give uh, who I thought was the best player out of the two fullbacks a tick all the way down to number 13. And at the end of that process, I would count the numbers up, and I'd say, Dad, they're going to win because they've got the better team. And that's exactly how go. the paper test works. There you go. It's, it's uncomplicated in its beauty. And that's why we love it. And it worked a treat last week. You had Penrith 10 to Melbourne 4. The bench gets one uh, tick for the entire bench. You actually had a a coin toss between Brisbane and the Warriors, but you gave it to Brisbane uh, because of home ground advantage. So let's do it. The grand final 2023 MG's patented paper test. Dylan Edwards, Reese Walsh. Reese Walsh. Oh. Taruva, Jesse Arthurs. Taruva. Isaac Tago, Katoni Staggs. Katoni. Stephen Crichton, Herbie Farnworth. Crichton. Over the Tally M Centre of the Year. Brian Tottos. I was about to say they're both. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're both Tally M Centres of the Year. Brian Tottos, Selwyn Cobbo. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh. Talk about styles make fights. Um, I've got to say, Brian Tottos, the way he gets Penrith out of trouble in them first. He's he's a tank. I think he's he's look. We talk about the Clearies of the team and the Fisher Harrises and the Edwards. Without Tottle, they are in trouble. Tottle gets my tick in this one. Just he he is a unicorn of a winger. Yep, I don't know if we'll is. ever see something like him. Jerome Law, Ezra Mam. Oh, I've got to go Ezra on form. Nathan Cleary, Adam Reynolds. Cleary, just. Oh, this is such a good paper test. Oh man. <laughs> Moses Leota, Tom Flegler. Oh, 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 I think I think and I, and I think Gordon Tallis agreed. We agreed with each other the other day when I spoke to him. We we both said that Moses Leota is one of the best yep. big game players there is out there. If we look at last year's grand final, he set the tone in that opening stanza with Liam Martin and Fisher Harris and bashed the crap out of power and, and they won the game. I think Moses yep. will do the same to the Broncos. I think Moses just Mitch Kenny, Billy Walters. Oh, I'm going to say Billy for his improvement. Mitch yeah. Kenny's watch Shut Mitch up. Kenny watch Mitch Kenny tackle on the weekend. Um, when Happy Coruscant left the team and everyone thought, "Oh, we're gone, we're doomed." Yeah, Mitch Kenny stepped into the void and he's oh man, he's a fantastic. Shout out player, Mitch but, Kenny, one of the most underceliberated players probably. But in I think this I just think I think on I just think that the, yeah. where Billy's come from, I'm going to give Billy the tick. Fisher Harris Payne Haas. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't split him. Split. Oh, yeah, I, I love it. Scott Sorensen, Kurt Capewell. Oh, man. These two are identical players. Yeah. These two are identical players. I'll give it well, to Capewell. I mean, Scott basically took Kurt's spot when he moved to Brisbane. Yeah, uh, and, and, Liam... then Scott, and Scott took uh, kick out spot last this year and has, has excelled. Liam Martin, Jordan Ricky. Martin. Yeah, you got to go Martin. Isaiah Yo, Pat Carrigan. Oh, my Lanta. <laughs> Split. Split. Two splits on the I field. Can't, I, I can't separate them two. All right. Oh, okay. The benches. This is one tick per bench. Jack Cogger, Lindsay Smith, Spencer Lee, Luke Garner going up against Tyson Smoothie, Brendan Piakura, Kobe Hetherington, and Keenan Palacia. Penrith. Penrith get that. <laughs> oh, what's the drum roll? Please tell me I've okay. got Penrith in this one. Please with, tell me. With two splits. With oh. two splits, 
Panthers 7-5. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That is, wow. I yeah. mean. It's, it's tight. On form it, this year, it's, this, is, this is tight. I mean, how can you split the, the two? I mean, Fisher-Harris is their alpha male. Payne Haas is, you know, he, he, was, he, he finished a lot lower in the Dalian voting than I thought he would. Yeah. And Carrigan and Yo, they're, they're identical players. They, for their teams, they're identical. I tell you what, good luck to Mal Meninga picking a kangaroo's side. You could probably just take one of the – you could probably just take – Just take these you know, two teams, would you? Just take these two teams on the bus. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All right, there it is. MG tipping the Panthers to win. The paper test worthy of this matchup. 7-5 wow. with two splits in there going the way of the Penrith Panthers. MG, give us a score line and give us a Clive Churchill medalist too, please, as we wrap this up. Okay, uh, Panthers will win the game 28 points to 22. And – Dylan Edwards will be the first try scorer, and I think Nathan Cleary will be the Clive Churchill medalist. And that CV will continue to grow. MG, your mountain men are into another grand final, fourth consecutive grand final. Can they become the first team since Parramatta in the early 80s to win three on the trot? We'll find out Sunday, mate. Enjoy grand final weekend. Thank you, Liam, and thanks for a fantastic year as always, brother. And thank you for everyone who's uh, taken time to download the podcast. We love you. Take care. Triple M Footy lives on listener. Thanks to McDonald's and Rain Hot Water.